Hi everyone and welcome back to Stereotypically Right. This is Sienna Catherine and today I'm going to be talking about what it's like to be a conservative and be a millennial conservative. I got this idea from my sister Rebecca so if you're listening hi and thank you for the idea. So basically I'm just going to talk about what it's like to be a conservative, how to help young conservatives, how to stay strong and apologetic. So growing up I grew up liberal and Everywhere I went, I'm from North Carolina, everywhere I went, it seemed like people were conservative. They shamelessly had right-wing stickers on their car. They would have McCain-Palin stickers and Romney Ryan stickers on their car. And it seems like all of my friends were Republican and I was the only liberal. And I really didn't understand the difference. I was raised to believe that Republicans were racist. They didn't care about minorities at all that they were cheaters and liars and just that they were not someone that you wanted to be really but then in high school I would have debates with my friends who are conservative like just in between classes and stuff like that and I could never think of a comeback to their argument like they would say something about illegal immigration or about taxes and I would say oh And I couldn't really, I really couldn't think of something to say that was my own original thought and not something that I was taught because when they gave me a real life example, what they said made sense. And when I was younger, illegal immigration was something that really annoyed me. I would always watch the news with my grandmother, spend a lot of time with her growing up. And in the evenings, we would watch the news together and they would always talk about illegal immigration and how people were struggling with illegal immigrants when it came to car accidents and stuff like that because there's no way to really track them down because they're not supposed to be in this country and that really made me mad because I could see from a young age that they were getting advantages and just someone shouldn't be in your country who's not supposed to be in someone who's undocumented because that's not safe for the rest of the people who live in that country and it's not fair even though I don't like that word so that's how I could tell that I kind of had more of a conservative leaning, honestly, because the liberals just think that anybody should be able to come in this country. They say no human is illegal, and their basis for that is that the Europeans stole land from the Ameri- from the Native Americans, which well, I'm not even going to get into that, but it's not true. The Native Americans stole land from each other. So that basically, and having debates with my friends, showed me that I really did have a more conservative leaning. So when I was 17, I actually quote-unquote came out as a conservative basically I just tweeted that I was a conservative and that all this time I really struggled with knowing what was right just because I was taught a certain way but I really believed another way but I honestly never met a black conservative and was told that those people didn't exist but they actually do we have Condoleezza Rice, Carol Swain, Candace Owens, Colin Powell, a lot of conservative black people and now even more with the walk away movement so I was like, okay, and I just put my foot down, and from then I've been a conservative, and I've never looked back. And honestly, I'm so glad that I am a conservative because I couldn't imagine being a liberal right now. I know that there are some quote-unquote moderate liberals, and they just feel like they can't come over to the other side, and I just wouldn't understand what it's like to be so lost within your own party and to have your leaders fighting for people who don't even belong here. It's pretty frustrating, I would think. But yeah, I'm glad that I'm a conservative 
but that doesn't mean that it hasn't come with its own issues and its own problems. So I thought that becoming a conservative would be amazing, it would be such a fun time, that I finally found myself basically, and that I, I was so wrong. I was so wrong about that because the next year I would be going to college and I had no idea that colleges were liberal think tanks. I had no idea. I was so naive. And so I was just going up into my college thinking that I was going to be so amazing and have just this awesome time and have civil debates with people, but that was not the case at all. So I went to Elon University and it's a small private university in Elon, North Carolina. And at the time, it wasn't as bad as colleges or even public schools are now, but it was still pretty bad. Um, I was attacked constantly for my views, especially being a black conservative. I mean, my skin color doesn't mean anything to me, but it meant a lot to the people that didn't agree with me. A lot of liberals, well, most liberals focus on identity politics. So whether they were black conservative or black liberals or white liberals, they had a problem with me being me, even though I didn't really have a problem with them being them. I was attacked um, physically and emotionally, mostly emotionally. I did have a guy one time try to punch me in the face for wearing a Reagan Bush 84 shirt and their friend stopped them from hitting me in the face. And I had someone stalking me all throughout college and had no idea until their last year of college, which was really fun to find out. And the school didn't do anything because they said that I triggered them with my oppressive views. But I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense that liberals can say whatever they want and it's not considered hate speech. But the moment a conservative says anything, even that they're a Republican, they immediately get attacked for it. I was also attacked and harassed by faculty members, one of whom was removed from the university, but another still works there. And they would just get the students to come against me and make a scene in the diversity center, even though diversity means difference. So you should be able to exist among a cohort of people and be different from them. And that also means difference of thought. It doesn't mean just difference of skin color. But the diversity center there was actually only for black people and only for black people who felt like they were victims, which I didn't know going in there. I wanted to be a conservative black voice to other black people who were conservative because I could tell that it just like wasn't a thing at Elon. And I applied to work there and a girl said that I had two options to rip up my application or to give it to her and she was going to rip it up. So, I mean, <laughs> I threw it away myself. And I was like, I don't want to put myself in this environment and I can use my voice in other ways and not have to work here and be harassed constantly. But again, this is an instance where if a liberal had gone up to a conservative and the conservative told them the very same thing this woman told me, then I could have been removed from my position or removed from the school. But the school only did things and still continues to do things at a higher extent to protect liberals and liberal ideas and to basically push down any opposing viewpoint, which is obviously going to be the conservative one. We had Kathleen Parker come to our school, and there was a pet petition to get her removed from our campus. See, the thing is, if someone who is liberal is coming to my school, I don't really care because I'm not a liberal, so I'm not going to go. But I also wouldn't care enough to make a petition to get them removed from school because I know that there's going to be liberal people who want to go listen to them and we can both spend our time in different ways I mean I just think that's the more mature way to handle things but it's 
perfectly fine for liberals to get a petition for a conservative speaker to be kicked off campus. Luckily, she was not removed from campus, but we had a lot of issues with that. And from then on, no conservative speakers were really allowed to come to our school. And I don't really know if that's true now because I don't keep in touch with Elon that much because it wasn't that fun of a place for me. I mean, it was great academically and I like a small school, but just all colleges and universities at this point, even the more conservative ones, are turning into liberal think tanks even more than they were before. And now it's trickling on down into the public school system at an alarming rate. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in the next segment. But post-college, I got an internship at a company in Raleigh, and I, right off the bat, I guess people can just tell that I'm a conservative. I don't really say anything. A lot of people know that I'm a Christian because I'll talk about God, because I feel like you can, and you should be able to talk about God. I mean, you allow Buddhists to talk about Buddha and other people to talk about their religion, so why can't I talk about God? And it's not like I go around my company a bible like preaching the gospel it's just if people come up to me and ask me questions then I'll answer it so there was a gay pride event that was going on where everybody was told to wear a color of the rainbow and come to this event well it wasn't a mandatory event so I didn't go and I had someone ask me hey why weren't you at this event and I just told them it goes against my religious beliefs. I mean, anybody else with any other religion would be able to say that it goes against their religious beliefs and it would be perfectly fine, but not for me. So instead of them, I guess, removing me for that because that's illegal and religious discrimination, they had to try to find other things and make up other things to get me removed from the internship. But that's fine because I really didn't like working there anyway. But it just goes to show, like, if someone came in and they were like, hey, everybody, come to this um, anti-abortion meeting and wear the color for anti-abortion. I'm just making this up. And someone didn't want to go because they were liberal and they were, like, hardcore pro-abortion, that would be applauded. But since I am not, it goes against my religious beliefs to support homosexuality, that makes me... A bigot like if it's if it's required then I guess I'll I don't I wouldn't even attend if it was required because they shouldn't be forcing things on you like that um, and putting people in situations where they have to go against their faith anyway not everybody is super strong in their faith and some Christians even believe that homosexuality is okay so I don't think that workplaces should even be political it's a place of work and it all these political things should not be trickling into the work system but like I'm going to talk about with the school system conservatives have allowed liberals to infiltrate every single aspect of society even the church and we need to take those things back and start putting our foot down and just being strong about it but I was removed from that internship and it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I ended up getting a really good job after that and I've had several amazing jobs since then But what I wasn't, well, I guess I was kind of prepared for it, but I've lost a lot of friends and I've been attacked a lot um, post-college because of my views of voting Republican, um, supporting the president, um, just basic normal things that people on the left get to do every single day. I get attacked for, people will send me threats, call me coon, house negro, tell me to kill myself on social media, as I've mentioned before, and all of that is perfectly fine and apparently fits within the Instagram 
guidelines. But if a conservative were to say it, they would get banned for life. So it's just very interesting to see the blatant hypocrisy everywhere. But again, liberals run everything so they can make their own rules about things. And so that's also why I've joined other platforms like Parler and Rumble. And I always say that it lets them win if you completely leave the platform for these other platforms. But you can still be a part of Instagram and a part of Facebook. You don't necessarily have to like things. But I think our presence on there shows them that they can't just have this platform for themselves. But I just, I guess because me personally, I don't spend all of my time on someone's account if I don't like them or don't agree with them because I want to fill myself with things that make me happy and that are positive. And I don't think spreading hate obviously is positive and cyberbullying can lead to people actually committing suicide. So it's just appalling to me how many liberals who say they're so tolerant and loving go on people's pages and send them death threats and say all these things to them because they think the conservative is a bigot but they say that they're the party of love. So it's just been interesting. And I've seen parallels with people who are older and people who are even younger than me who face the same hate. I mean, look at our president, look at different politicians and read their comments sometimes and see the amount of hate that they get. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me that you would have so much hate for someone that you actually have to talk about how much you hate them. But apparently that's how they operate. And also they don't have God in their life and they, their idol, whether or not they say they worship this person or not, is Satan. And Satan, once he gets control of your soul, makes you do a lot of things that maybe you wouldn't, you might not be comfortable with if, if you, I don't know how to explain it. But Satan, once Satan gets a hold of you, he can use you in ways that I don't think you think you'd be used for. And spending all your time on someone's social media page and hating on them when you could be spending your time on the social media page of someone you love, being friends with people that you like and not talking bad about people behind their backs would be a lot more fruitful and it wouldn't occur if you actually believed in God. So basically, I've learned that you just have to search for your own people and that you're going to face a lot of persecution, but standing for the truth ultimately brings you to the right people. People call me a sellout all the time, especially black people, because they say that by me being a Republican, I'm trying to be white, and I don't get my identity from my skin color. It's just kind of a coincidence that I'm black and happen to be a conservative, and I get my identity from God, so I don't think that it's, it's not, my identity does not come from the fact that I'm black, and you can vote however you want, no matter what race you are, and we've really seen that in the 2020 elections, but you're just going to face a lot of persecution for standing up for the truth because that's what it, it says that in the Bible. And even when you're standing for truth, whether it be political truth and you're trying to save your country, Satan has a lot of people under wraps and has a lot of people thinking that socialism and communism is the right way to go and it's not, but they can't see the truth. God has really put blinders in front of their eyes, whether they acknowledge him or not, whether they claim to or not, if they're not standing for a biblical and political truth they're not going to see the truth eventually because they'll just be given over to the desires that they want the desires of their heart but it's worth it I mean I get called a sellout like I said but I would rather be called a sellout than actually be a sellout and vote liberal because Joe Biden said that if I didn't then I wasn't black like 
God made me and he made me black. So I'm going to be black until the day I die. And even after that. So I just think all of these attacks are really deflections and maybe they're feeling something within themselves. Maybe they're, I hate to say jealous, but maybe they're jealous because they have to have a lot of friends and they have to be liked in their community. And for me, that's not something that's important. I have been bullied since I can remember, since I was probably six years old. So I'm used to not being liked by a lot of people. And it's just gotten to the point where it doesn't bother me anymore. And it's more like a badge of honor. And I so much more appreciate the people in my life who who love me for me and who don't expect me to act a certain way because of my skin color. So it doesn't really bother me that I get called a sellout because I know that I'm standing for the truth. So for young conservatives, I kind of got a little list together of things that your parents can do for you or that conservatives in the community can do for you to help you. Um, Parents, this would be a list of things that you can do to help your child um, as they're growing up and being a young conservative in the world. It's quite a lengthy list now that I'm looking at it, but it's very important and things that I wish I had when I was growing up that would have made it easier and it kind of would have saved a lot of emotional emotional turmoil, honestly. But all of this has made me stronger and everybody has their own experience for a reason. So I really wouldn't change anything that I've experienced so far. But here's here's the list. Make the sacrifice of homeschooling and private schooling if you can. The public schools are to indoctrinate and to teach a communist curriculum. This started with Dewey, which he basically wanted education to be an instrument of social change. So basically the school system can teach your kids, the public school system, and maybe even the private school system if it's not properly vetted. They can teach your kids whatever they want for eight hours a day and you would never know because the kids are told that they don't have to tell you anything that goes on in their school so basically my public school system has kids joining these lgbtqia plus groups and they don't have to they talk to their peers in the group and what they say does not leave the group so what that means is if it doesn't leave the group it doesn't go home with you which means that they don't get to communicate with you the things that they're talking about so if your son or daughter is a tomboy or is a more feminine girl I mean, it acts more effeminate. Feminine? Feminine. If your daughter is a tomboy or your son acts more feminine, there we go, then maybe the teacher would recommend that they join one of these LGBTQIA plus groups and seek out their sexual identity, which you should not be focused on your sexual identity when you're a child. But these groups and these schools are there to get your children. My friend Nicole is amazing and such a fierce advocate and I don't know I could say a ton of adjectives but she really inspires me to be strong and be bold and inspires me for what I want to be when I'm a mom but she said a lot of people want your kids do you so these groups and these schools want your children because they want to indoctrinate them for eight hours a day recommend them to join these groups and then not even tell you about what they're talking about so you could have a child who just likes to be a tomboy and is in this group and now thinks that they're a lesbian or thinks that they're transgender and wants to change their gender gender identity to be a boy. That's super inappropriate and children should not be focused on their sexual identity. So 
if you can, and I realize not everybody can, so I made a list of other things that you can do besides homeschooling, but if you can, homeschool your kids and put your kids in private school so that they at least have a little bit of a buffer between this, I guess, satanic agenda. It really is satanic because it's not from God. And if you can't put your kids in private school or you can't homeschool your kids, then just teach them to be strong. I don't think that children necessarily know what it means to be strong amongst their peers, but you just need to fill them with all of the biblical information that you can and just pray over them so that they don't get sucked in to these groups and they don't get sucked into these ideologies. And you need to communicate with them constantly. And I have more on that later. Also provide sources for them like PragerU. Just go to PragerU.com. It's free. They have five-minute videos on almost any topic imaginable. They also have a podcast, and I also have some more podcasts that you can listen to that I really love. I'm a podcast junkie, surprise, because I have my own, but I also listen to probably 40 or 50 podcasts, and I listen to them in alphabetical order, so the list is going to be in alphabetical order. Breakpoint with John Stone Street has five-minute videos or five-minute podcasts every single day. Heritage Explains talks about topics that go on in the world and explains them from a conservative viewpoint. Hot Takes with Congress, Congressman Matt Gates on point with Pastor Greg Locke. Politely Rude with Abby Johnson. PragerU, they have a podcast as well as their five-minute videos. Problematic Women by The Daily Signal is probably one of my favorite podcasts in the entire world. It was probably one of the first podcasts that I listened to as well, so that one has a special place in my heart, and it inspired me to start making podcasts and to just be a strong, conservative woman. Even if you're a guy, you can listen to these podcasts, like the Problematic Women podcast, even though it's about women, because a lot of times liberals say that women shouldn't be conservatives, and this podcast gives you insight onto things that strong conservative women are doing every single day. Relatable with Ali Beth Stuckey has a biblical approach to conservative politics. SCOTUS 101 is by the Heritage Project, and it talks about the Supreme Court and different events that have happened over the years. The News and Why It Matters is by Blaze TV, and it basically talks to you about the news of the world, but it gives you straight facts and not biased propaganda explanations. The Steve Noble Show, he's local, and I was actually on his show, and he was also someone that inspired me to make my own podcast. He is a very blunt, brave, strong Christian who, he just really gives it to you straight, just like Pastor Greg Locke does, and so if you really love that, which I do, I would highly recommend his show. He is also very good about telling you, like, when not to listen. Um, if you have kids around, but all of these podcasts that I picked are pretty kid-friendly. And then the last one is Will Witt Live. He works for PragerU, and each week he, or I think it's every day, but I've only listened to a few of his podcasts because he's in the W's and I don't always get there every every day or every week. Um, He talks about conservative politics and his experience as a conservative, and he's really funny, and I really appreciate him. Another fun fact is that he used to be an atheist like me, so I admire that because he decided to dedicate his life to Christ, and he's very open about that. Some other things that you can do is you can discuss why you believe what you believe and have them do the same. 
have your child do the same in their own words. So don't have them just like say the things that you always tell them. Have them really explain back to you what it is that they believe because of what you've taught them. Expose them to something that goes against what you believe in so you can read about it in an article, find a piece of legislation that was passed or something else, and you can ask them if they think that matches what you've taught them and explain to them the repercussions of those things. So for us, I guess it would be our local public school system decided that no matter your gender, you can use whatever bathroom you want. So boys can use the girls' bathroom and girls can use the boys' bathroom. You can talk to your kids about that, the repercussions of that, and ask them at the end if you think that matches what you've taught them. And if they're old enough, take them to a protest. I don't condone taking children to protest, especially if you're like counter-protesting things because it can be really dangerous. But there are some protests that are like more favorable, like the March for Life protests. I would totally condone taking your kid to that because if you're against abortion, then you should put that into action. But also if you're not a protest person, which I get it, not everybody is, and that's totally fine, then you can pray outside of an abortion clinic. Um, here in Raleigh, there's an abortion clinic called a Women's Choice, a Woman's Choice, and Upper Room and Faith Baptist Church, they go every single Saturday and pray outside of the clinic. And it's such a moving experience. Like, I, I honestly felt a lot of darkness because that's where death is occurring, death of an unborn child. But it's such an eye-opening experience to see people driving up to the clinic. And sometimes they leave and they save their baby. And it's just a very rewarding experience and a great way to put your belief into action. But honestly, just be involved in the community Show them that your beliefs are a way of life and that you don't just talk about it so that they can meet other people that are like them, maybe make new friends, and that they can find other people to look up to as well. Watch the news with them. Um, you don't have to watch it constantly. You can watch the news like later. Like You can find a segment that you liked and watch it with them later. I would propose watching One America News right side broadcasting and other right-leaning ones not Fox because we found out that they are not right-leaning and then you can discuss what you've seen with them and have them talk to you about their feelings about it and just basically explain what happened and things like that don't fill their head with fake news propaganda like if you're going to watch the news with them I would suggest not watching CNN as the news like don't explain to them that that is the news I would preface it with like this is our fake news propaganda, and I want you to see the difference between biased and unbiased learning. So basically seeing anything, biased and unbiased reporting, sorry. So seeing anything on the other side is simply to learn from and to not absorb its truth so that they know that there's like a clear distinction between the two. And another thing that I love is encouraging them to always ask questions, whether it be of their pastor, other religious leaders, or of political viewpoints that they hear about always ask questions always look things up for yourself and obviously use reliable sources and also emphasize the importance of american history this is the last topic because if not then they're going to fall victim to the lies of the 1619 project and if you don't know what that is it stems from the new york times and basically it's talking about in 1619 a slave ship came to america that had the first group of slaves but here's the thing 
1619 was before America was a country. So that's not American history, and that's not anything that we can do about that. Critical race theory is basically a Marxist gospel of religion, and it basically is a view that examines society through the lens of power, and it divides people into oppressed and oppressor groups. And the core problem is whiteness. It's systems that oppress people of color. It's not true. Anybody, we're, we're all in the Bible. We are all equal and made in the image of God. So critical race theory wouldn't be an issue then if you read your Bible. And then they can also fall victim to socialism and commun- communism ideas. If you don't know what socialism and communism is, here's a basic dictionary explanation for what that is it's a philosophical communism is this a philosophical social political and economic ideology and movement whose ultimate goal is the established establishment of a communist society namely a socio-economic order structured upon the ideas of common ownership of the means of production and the absence of social classes money and the state so basically they want to remove everything and make everybody quote-unquote equal but that gets rid of our capitalist society and we know that capital capital Capitalism stimulates growth, and all of us being equally poor is not a good thing. Socialism is a political, social, and economic philosophy encompassing a range of economic and social systems characterized by social ownership of the means of production and worker self-management of enterprises. It includes the political theories and movements associated with such systems. So basically, it's kind of like communism, but society owns certain things and basically owns everything that you would own so like instead of you owning a car the government owns your car socialism and communism are pretty similar both things are trying to make its way into america because it's made its way into the public school system and people think that it's better than capitalism because they say that capitalism promotes greed and that all these people are so rich and no, the poor never get anything. Well, guess what? The poor have an ability to move up in the world in capitalism and in communism and socialism. Everybody is equally poor. And there's no way that you will ever have any way to be any type of wealthy in a socialist or communist society. And the only people that are going to be rich are the elite. Like they talk about right now, they have it twisted because in capitalism, you have rags to riches stories. In socialism and communism, it's riches to rags because everything you own will be the government's. So don't let them fall victim to these things and have them learn American history and have them read the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and have them read stories of people who went from nothing to having a ton, like Ben Carson and people like that. Because a ton of people you know today who are wealthy were actually really poor growing up. And that's the beauty of capitalism. Not everyone is supposed to have everything. That's the lie from the devil that that all of this stuff stems from. The 1619 Project, Critical Race Theory, and all of these other forms of government. That's Those are lies from Satan because people think that they're owed something from the government or owed something from someone else because their life is so bad. Well, God really only owes us hell, but he gave us Jesus as our savior so that we wouldn't have to go there when we die so none of the other stuff about being rich and 
the elite being super greedy and all that stuff it's not a thing systemic racism racism is not a thing and you just need to teach your children the value of american history because liberals are the ones who work to keep minorities down and they have gotten really good at euphemisms and so they make these things seem all warm and fuzzy but really it leads to people's demise so just really instilling that in your kids is going to help them and it's going to help them be able to debate people when they get older or even now because kids are brainwashed by the time they're five years old so also how to stay strong you can join social media groups like if your child is old enough to have a phone and be on social media i would say maybe 14 i don't know i'm not a parent and i don't know what age i would tell my kid that they were able to with monitoring of course because you need to monitor what your kids do because people are out there who want your kids you need to want them more so they can join social media groups that match their viewpoint help them to learn how to keep a tight knit circle of friends who share their point of view that's important i mean i always say that living in an echo chamber is perfectly fine with me because we've just gotten to the point where we can't have a healthy difference of opinions and especially when kids are kids they don't need to be filled with ideas that you haven't taught them. So keeping a tight-knit circle of friends that share their point of view is completely fine with me. It's completely fine. And then obviously God, pray over them, pray for their strength, and root them in biblical truth. So that kind of segues to my point of apologetics, which is the ability to defend your faith no matter what. It says in the Bible, in 2 Timothy verses 3-12, Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 12 that in fact everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted so you will be persecuted for sharing your beliefs with people but you need to be able to defend your beliefs because if you don't then what do you actually believe just think about that the Bible warns of persecution but you won't face persecution if you're talking about things that are of this world so the world wants to hear things that it wants to hear so if you get a lot of likes or a lot of non-christians like what you have to say then you have to question whether or not you're really a christian because jesus a lot of people did not like what he had to say that's why he was crucified and they were expecting someone completely different than who they got and so if what you're saying receives more accolades than what literally the king of the whole world is saying then you need to question that because in the end it doesn't matter how many friends or followers you have where you work what car you drive none of that matters it doesn't matter how many people liked you none of that matters but what matters is your post-death destination that's forever the things of the earth will fade away people's opinions change on a dime i've had people that i've known for years that i'm no longer friends with because their opinion of me changed based on who i voted for so i can't really help that but what you can help is standing for truth and knowing what the bible says because there's going to be a time when you're not around anymore and there's going to be a time when they go off to college you know where they're not your kids aren't always going to be with you and so they're going to have to know how to be firm and you are responsible for teaching them that and whether it's being firm in the bible or being firm in your conservative beliefs even if you even if you face backlash for it because you're going to the the liberal way is the way of the world take that as a badge of honor honestly it should be good if you're if you're facing backlash for what you say 
And I'm not saying that people should physically put their hands on you. I'm not saying that it's okay if people persecute you, but it's only, it's just the way of the world and it's the way that it's going. It's only going to get worse from here. And so if you prepare them, it says teach your kids in the way they should go. So if you prepare them, that's all that you can do, but you, you have a responsibility to make sure that they know what the truth is and that they know that it's more important to be for the truth than it is for people to like them. And I know that as a child, you won't always understand that, but sometimes you have to learn those lessons young, and sometimes you have to learn them the hard way. Is it fun to lose friends? No, but you feel better on the inside if you know that you did what was right, not what people thought was right or what people did or what you did for people to like you. So I hope that makes sense. This was a completely different kind of podcast that's kind of out of my norm because I try to talk about current events, but it was requested. So I hope that you enjoyed it and that it was helpful to you. And if you have any questions, you can, of course, reach out to me on social media. My Twitter is Sienna Catherine and my Instagram is it's Sienna Catherine because I changed it again because I can't make up my mind. Um, And if you would like to just ask me any questions or reach out to me with topics that you would like for me to cover, then I would be more than happy to talk to you and to try to incorporate your ideas into my podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you in my next episode.